get it? We're looking at, at uh, Joseph. And uh, uh, awesome job, by the way, wasn't it? Awesome monologue, you bet. And uh, <clears throat> they all have been. But um, I don't know about you. I was struck uh, by Joseph's question at the end. Why him? Why him? I mean, I mean, you heard you heard Joseph saying he could understand why Mary, right? Everything that he saw in Mary, but why Joseph? It's a really good question because everything we know about Joseph, one is pretty limited, and the other is when we get to know Joseph on the surface, at least everything points to him just being an average Joe, right? Nothing special, just um, an average Joe. I mean, he was from an insignificant town, Nazareth, nothing special there. Uh, He was uh, a carpenter, nothing against carpenters, but, you know, it's not like being president or king, right? Uh, Just a regular tradesman, right, kind of deal. That's the Greek craftsman artisan, just a regular kind of guy, right? In fact, in those conversations that we have, you know, when we, when we meet somebody, we have those conversations where, you know, we're trying to get to know and size up and evaluate. So, so how do we fit next to this person and that person and on that evaluation scale? And one of the key questions we always ask is that measuring question, right? So you know what it is. When you meet somebody and before you're, you're a minute and a half into the conversation, that question pops out of either their mouth or your mouth. And the question is simply, so what is it you do. That's our measuring question, right? Yeah, we ask that question because we need to figure out, so how do we measure here? Who are they? What do they do? How do we measure? How do we reflect? Right? Well, Joseph would not measure so well in that conversation. Tradesman, carpenter from Nazareth. Nothing significant at all. And the folks that were his contemporaries, by that time, most of them, if not all of them, have probably absolutely forgotten that he's even of the line and house of David. He's just Joe, <laughs> the carpenter. And it even shows itself up in the scriptures. When you go into Matthew and you look at the genealogy, that Matthew has there, and you get down to Joseph. Joseph Joseph is listed as Joseph, husband of Mary, mother of Jesus. How big does Joseph play in the genealogy? (laughs) Well, he's the add-in, right? He's the tag-along. We have have phrases for that, right? We call them the the third wheel or the fifth wheel, right? I mean, they're the the (laughs) throw-in, That's Joseph. On on the surface, everything that we think of, everything that we hear about when we look at Joseph says he is just an average, insignificant guy. Google him. Even there, right? This is what you get, stuff like this. Well, here he is, Joseph, husband of Mary, throw-in guy. And this is the amazing thing. He's just an average guy. On the surface, he's just an average guy. And yet God picked Joseph. Why would God pick Joseph? 
to be the stepfather of his son. I mean, some of you may have done that, right? If you got your will in order, and if you don't, go see our legacy planner because you ought to. That's why we're doing that. So when you got, if you're doing your will thing, you have to make that decision if you're a parent, right? Which says, let's see, if something happens to the two of us, where do our kids go? And you have to make that hard decision about, well, well who would they go to? Who would they live with? Who would, who would make them grow? When you, and when you're making that decision, do you make that decision? You say, well, let's see, what do they do? No, you don't make that. That's not it, right? It's not about what they do. It's about something else. And that's why God chose Joseph. It's not about where he's from. It's not about what he does. It's something completely else. It is about his character and his heart. That's what we're going to see. If you go into Matthew 1, 18, and uh, get out your Bibles, get to Matthew 1, get out your apps, get there. And um, if you don't have any of that stuff, pull out the half sheet, because today I'm going to give you an assignment to circle one word, okay? When we, not yet. When we get there, I'm going to have you circle, highlight, scroll over, I don't care, but you've got to remember this average word when we get there, okay? So it goes like this. In Matthew 1, 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus, uh, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So what's going on? So what you need to know that in, in Mary and Joseph's day, marriage was a three-step process. The first step was the parents got together and arranged the marriage, right? Long, long before it happened, the moms and the dads sat down and they made a contract and covenant of marriage for their kids. How you feel about that, guys? That's kind of different, isn't it? Right? Yeah? So that's what they did, though, right? They, was, so this was all arranged. The parents have already gotten together. They've made the agreement. Everything's in place. It's going to be Joseph, and it's going to be Mary. The next step in the process was called uh, that period where they were betrothed to one another, right? In some modern translations, they use the word engaged so that we can kind of understand what it means. But it's really more than being engaged, right? Because in our engaged culture, when you're engaged, you're engaged, you're committed, you're on the path to marriage, but there's kind of always a way out, right? There's kind of always a way out on that step. There is, right? Okay, maybe not, but I think that's the way it works. Anyway, uh, for being betrothed, for Joseph and Mary, that didn't exist. There's no way out. There's no, there's no backing out of the deal here. When you got to that step of being betrothed, you were committed. You were married, but like the text says, but not living together yet. You were in that stage where you were getting to know each other and trying to figure out, so, okay, how are we going to make this work? Right? Joseph is probably getting the house ready, maybe putting an extra room on. Right? He's getting everything arranged so that Mary can finally come move in and live with him but right now they're in the betrothed stage and what happens to them the unthinkable the unthinkable mary is discovered to be pregnant and that would blow everything up that would absolutely destroy the covenants and then we learn something about Joseph. 
It comes in verse 19. Her husband Joseph being a, say it with me there, it's underlined, you ready? A righteous man. We just learned something, didn't we? He was a righteous man. But there's more to it. There's more to it. You see, you could look at that word and you could say, well, okay, he's righteous. But how is he righteous? You see, he could be just righteous on the exterior, right? He could just be righteous according to Pharisaic law. He could just give the appearance of being righteous. And he could do that by just following the ordinances, following the law, just touching all the bases, making sure he's doing everything he's supposed to do according to the law. But he's more than that. How do we know that? We know that because of the next phrase. He was a righteous man and unwilling to expose Mary to public disgrace planned and planned to dismiss her quietly. So he's righteous, but he's not righteous just on an exterior level. He doesn't just look righteous. Because if he just looked righteous, if he were righteous just according to the law, then what he would do next when he discovered she was pregnant is take her out to the village square, gather all the guys in town, announce the disgrace, and together they would stone her to death. And that would be righteous. But that's not Joseph. That's not who he is. He is righteous at a deeper level. He is righteous because he understands that true righteousness is having a good relationship with God. True righteousness is not just looking good on the exterior. True righteousness isn't just dotting the I's and crossing the T's of what it means to be holy. True righteousness is when you walk with God continually. And that's Joseph. That's Joseph. Joseph is a righteous man. He is a man who lives his life day in and day out walking with God. Now remember, he comes from the house and the line of David. And what do we know about his ancestor David? David, in spite of all of his flaws and all of his mistakes, was a guy, the scripture says, who was a man after God's own heart. Joseph is living up to his ancestors. He walks righteous. He walks seeking the heart of God. He walks righteous. So when we look at Joseph and we see this normal average guy, he is a normal average guy who understands an extraordinary truth about life. Life is not about what you do. Life isn't the measurement of your career path or your bank account or the size of your house or all the other stuff that the world values out there. Life, what it's really about is what your relationship with God is. Where is your heart in relationship? To the living God. Joseph is extraordinary. He is average, and yet he is extraordinary because he understands what life is about. It's about walking in this relationship with the living God. 
And there's more. Now, I told you to get your pens out, to get the paper out, right? This is the moment. You ready? You got it? I got to back up a minute to show it to you. It's in the text in Matthew 1.19. What did we learn about Joseph? Her husband Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace. What did you just learn about Joseph? Here's what you need to do. You need to circle, highlight, embed in your head that word, and. And? <laughs> That's it? That's the significant theological word of this morning, Pastor? Yes! That average, everyday word is so incredibly significant. Why? He not only is a righteous guy living and walking with God, but he is a righteous guy who displays the heart of God. When Mary is exposed and her sin is obvious, what is Joseph's attitude? How does Joseph approach Mary? How does he deal with the situation? It's in the text. Unwilling to expose her to disgrace. He approaches his life with an attitude of grace, compassion, kindness, forgiveness. What do we know about God? Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. What do we know about God? Compassionate, kind, forgiving, even though absolutely righteous. Here is like the huge awareness of the day. You ready? This is like a book waiting to be written. You ready for this one? When God chose to pick the stepfather for his son, who did he pick? Somebody who could display his own heart. Do you get that? That's awesome. That's incredible. When God chose the father, the stepfather for his son, he chose what the world would say is just an average guy. Just an average guy from Nowheresville, Nazareth. But he looked at Joseph based not on what he did or what he didn't do. He looked only at one thing. What is the attitude of his heart? Will he display to my son my heart? You ready for the challenge? So husbands, what heart do you display to your wife? Wives? Parents? What heart do you display to your kids? Because when God chose a parent for his son... He chose that heart. Joseph is anything but average in his heart. Joseph is righteous because he walks with God and unwilling to expose Mary to disgrace. He leads and walks in his life with an attitude of grace and kindness 
and compassion and forgiveness. And that is absolutely core to who Joseph is. And you need to know that is core to what Christ Church is. Right? Every Sunday, I hope you come here and you hear a message that is absolutely grounded, solid, hardcore in Scripture, in the rightness of walking with God, in the truth of the Scriptures. But it's more than that. It's righteous and. Righteous and. Get it? Righteous and. That's the word. It's and, right? It's not just righteous. It's righteous and filled with compassion and love and kindness and forgiveness and acceptance. A desire that everybody you meet would experience you and say, that is not an average person with an average heart. And nobody better come through that door and walk out of this place and think somehow this is just an average place. Can't happen. Because like Joseph, we have to display the heart of God to God's own children. Righteous and. It doesn't stop just with the birth. Joseph does this in his life. This is the bent of his heart. Right? You go later on into Luke 2, and it says, when the time came for their purification. Notice the word there. Who's, he talk, who's it talking about? It's talking about the baby 40 days later and Mary. Right? Joseph, and, Joseph takes Mary and Jesus, the baby, to the temple for their purification. Can you imagine how many hurtful words Joseph and Mary have put up with so far? Can you imagine how the rumors and the guff and the everything that they've had to deal with back in their little hometown because of the disgrace? But 40 days later, Joseph makes sure they go to the temple, even though he can't afford it. We know he can't afford it because they go there and they give the offering of the poor, right? A couple doves. But he makes sure that they get to the temple and that his wife and his child go through the experience of being declared clean. Even though they lived with nothing but disgrace, he makes sure they go to the temple and they get declared publicly clean. How awesome is that? And it doesn't stop there because of the attitude of his heart. Every year he takes him to the temple. Every year he takes him to the Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. Every year he reminds them of the new life that God gives his people. Righteous and. Righteous and. When God chose the stepson, the stepfather for his son, he chose an average Joe who was anything but average because he knew life is about relationship with God and displaying that to everybody you can displaying that heart to everybody you can second thing about Joseph Joseph was absolutely obedient amazingly obedient now I want you to think for a minute 
what's one of the key things we know about Jesus that he did for us that we really can't do for ourselves? Well, one of the key things is Jesus was absolutely obedient to the will of the Father in absolutely all things. Scripture says he was obedient even unto the cross, right? Where do you suppose he got that? Uh, his heavenly father? Yeah, and? Joseph. Joseph was obedient. We see it in the scriptures right away. In Matthew 1, the disgrace is exposed. Joseph is torn. He wants to dismiss Mary quietly because he's an and guy, righteous and. But then an angel comes to him and says, Joseph. Don't need to do that. It's God at work. It's the Holy Spirit at work. And what's the scripture? When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. What did he do? He was absolutely obedient. Absolutely obedient. Based on a dream. It didn't happen just once. It happened two times. Their flight to Egypt, their return from Egypt, and this one three times, right? He's obedient every single time. And each time, it's just based on a dream. How easy would it have been for Joseph to, Joseph to wake up after those dreams and do kind of the, what is it, the, the Charles Dickens Ebenezer Scrooge thing? You know, must have been the cheese. <coughs> right? I mean, how easy to blow that off? Bad dream tonight. Whoa, honey, you won't believe that one. And just go on with life. Be so easy for him to blow that off. But no, he is a guy who is righteous and his heart is for God. He is walking with God. And when God puts the dream on his heart, what does he do? He has to follow it. He has to follow it. Here's what you need to know. When you're righteous and, when you live righteous and, and, and you, you start walking with God, and, and your heart starts displaying the heart of God, righteous and, God is going to lay stuff on that heart. He's going to put dreams on that heart. He's going to put a future on that heart. He's going to put some challenges on that heart. He's going to come into your life, and he's going to lay something onto that heart. And the question for you is the same question Joseph had when he woke up. Will you follow it? Will you be obedient to it? There'll be all kinds of voices, all kinds of reasons, all kinds of rationalities saying, What? Are you kidding me? Nah. I can tell you that from my own story. I, get it. I am here at Christ Church for all of that reasons. When the call came for me to, to, to come up here to be the pastor of Christ Church, there were all kind of reasons for me to say, nah. In fact, I had colleagues call me. I had a colleague call me when he heard the scuttlebutt, right? You know how that goes. He heard the scuttlebutt that I was even thinking about taking the call to come up here to Christ Church. He called me up. And he said, basically verbatim, Bob, what are you thinking? 
But when God puts a dream on your heart, what do you do? You got to follow. There's all kinds of reasons to say no, but you got to follow. You got to follow. And look what God's doing. We just bought six acres of land because you guys voted 95% saying, yes, let's go get a future. God's laying a dream on our heart. And when God lays a dream in your heart, you got to go get it. That's what Joseph did. Joseph responded absolutely obediently. This average Joe, this average guy, he understands what's important in life, and he understands you just have to trust God. You just got to trust him, and you just got to do what he says. Just trust him. And do what he says. When you're righteous and you'll display the heart of God. And when you display that heart, God is going to broaden the opportunities in your life. And he's going to put stuff on your life. And you got to just say, amen, I'm in, I'm going, I'm on, we're there. Just because he says. What's so cool about Joseph? (laughs) What's so cool about Joseph is that he's just an average guy. As the world measures him, he's just an average guy. You know what? I suspect there's a lot of average people in this room today. We look in the mirror, and some of us even think we're pretty below average. But that's exactly who God can use. That is exactly who he can use. He used this guy, Joseph, to be the stepfather to his son because he knew Joseph's hearts. Jesus came into the world to change your heart, to give you that heart, to do what you can't do for yourself. He came into the world so that your life would not be average, but that you could join him in changing the heart's and the lives of others so you could be righteous what's the word and righteous and in your family in your career whatever it is in your day righteous and let's pray father thank you so much It is extraordinary. It is just absolutely extraordinary that you would look at Joseph and see so much more. So much more than what the world could see. And Father, we pray right now, look into this room. Look into every every chair. Look to each person sitting here. See their heart. Soften that heart. Make it your own. Righteous because of what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. Obedient even to death. Rising again to new life. Forgiving us because his heart is one of kindness and compassion and grace and forgiveness. Father, look at each heart heart in this room. And make it your own. And help us to display that in the world, righteous and 
that others would come to know the same truth, that their lives can be changed. Father, send us out with those kinds of hearts, not just average, but extraordinary hearts, that others will come to know the truth of Christmas. Lord, we put this, we put ourselves into your hands, just as Joseph did, obedient, obedient. In Jesus' precious name, amen.